I, I'm happy to have gotten to a point with social media, like including TikTok, that I'm just like, I'm just going to post what I want to put. Like, I'm just going to have fun with this. Lauren Denizio from the band Warriors. How are you doing? Good. Great. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thank you for coming to the Question and the Answers podcast. Uh, so yeah, Lauren Denizio, also under the name of Warriors, which is the current project, uh, like main band project that you've been doing. Um, you know, it's it's been really uh, fascinating kind of learning about your journey uh, musically, you know, over the, the time that I've gotten to know about your band. Uh, a good friend of mine turned me on to your music uh, about a year ago and you know, yeah, I've been following you on social media and like, I really love the tunes. Uh, I think it's a really great story and like seeing where you've come and where you're going. Uh, I thought it'd be really great to have you on the podcast and talk about it a little bit. So welcome. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So you're based in Brooklyn, correct? Uh, I actually live in LA. Oh, um, you live in LA now. Oh, but, okay. Uh, the band, the band is from Brooklyn. Like that's where I started. That's where I lived for a long time. So um, to not confuse people, <laughs> oh, still I yeah, Brooklyn, I, but I don't live there anymore. Got it. I must have completely missed that along the way, but um, but but you have your roots from Brooklyn, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and and Warriors is effectively you, right? Yeah, pre pretty much. We've had um, like stretches of consistent lineup, and I've written with very similar people over the years. But at at the end of the day, yeah, it's just sort of my thing. Got it. And so right now, the, the current lineup of the band is made up of yourself. And I know um, Mikey, Mikey Erg is playing drums, correct? Mm -hmm. And then um, who else is uh, affiliated with the band at this point? Um, well, Frank Piagaro uh, played uh, guitar on the last record. He's been touring with us. So he's, he's definitely in the band. Um, I, I know him from... Uh, growing up in New Jersey, and uh, he was in uh, the Degenerics. Um, he was in Star Fucking Hipsters for a while. Uh, so, so yeah, he's he's been in a bunch of bands, and it's, it's great that he's he's joined up with us. Um, and then our friend Nick Pasillas played bass uh, on that record. Um, I don't I don't think he's going to be able to tour with us as much, um, really. But uh, but but he's been in the band for a long time. So, got it. Yeah, I mean. You know, as someone who has only really ever been in bands that involve, I think my cat's going crazy right now. So I apologize if there's like extra noise in the background, but um, you know how cats get like the zoomies after oh, yeah. done something? It's about that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, as somebody who's only ever been in bands that were like a collective kind of consciousness, uh, I'm always kind of fascinated to know. So, you know, you started this project uh, really as your own vehicle for your own music. And I know that you'd been in previous bands before, correct? Yeah, yeah, I had been in a band before that that was like you said, but very much like a collective consciousness for a band. Yeah. Now, did did Warriors kind of come out of a specific, um, like space where it's like you you just didn't want to go down that path specifically, or is it just more like organically this just like made sense to do it this way? Um, in the end, it just made sense to do it this way. Warriors started like as a side project, um, with other people that were going to be writing and more more consistent in it um but it just it sort of changed before we really started recording that um it just made sense to have it be my my project um 
especially when um you know touring is is a lot it it takes a lot of time and um not everyone can do it all the time or wants to do it all the time and and it's easier to kind of take that pressure off of people i think so um so yeah, it's been it's been fun because I do collaborate with people. I definitely I'm not one of those people that like writes every note and then people just play it for me. Um, so it's it's definitely really collaborative. But um, yeah, it's just it's taken the pressure off of people to have that level of commitment to it. Sure, and you know I I'd be curious to know from your point of view, what are some of the maybe benefits to that versus uh, potentially like some of the uh, unfortunate side effects of having to kind of be like the the person who leads the ship, so to speak. I mean, because every band, I think, typically does have that person just by default anyway. But in this case, you know, this is really your main vehicle, even though you are collaborating. So there's there's obviously going to be positives and, and negatives to it. And I, I, I guess just for, you know, people who may not fully... I guess, understand what that looks like uh, from your point of view. Like if you could just kind of talk about that a little bit. Sure. I mean, I think um, everyone has their own way of collaborating and their own way of writing songs. Like some people, uh, you know, can write and play everything and and really know exactly what they want and know exactly what sound they want. and need to be really specific about that. Some people just like writing kind of the bones of the song and, and, you know, like fleshing it out with other people, like from beginning to end. So I feel like after having been in a band where it, it operated in one very specific way with everyone kind of having a say and everyone really being invested in how it sounds, obviously like not everyone's going to agree all the time. Um, and I, I just felt like if I was going to write and record and tour and really have the band be something significant in my life, it was just, it was going to work best for me to not have to um, kind of like get the thumbs up from everybody all the time and like always having to agree on everything and always having things be democratic um, because it makes friendships really hard too. I mean, um yeah, it's like no matter no matter who you are, um, who you are as a friend is probably different than you are as a bandmate. And um, I feel like it's really, it's ended up being a lot more fun when, um, you know, we write and record and it's been a lot of the same people on tour, but um, people don't feel the pressure to like necessarily go on every tour or play every show and you know we can just everybody does their own thing like especially Mikey when he's in other bands like he gets other tours he gets other shows um and you know we've had fill-ins and it's fine you know um whereas other bands um you know if you have to make sure everyone's available that can really stop you from doing things a lot of the time and I just I I knew that was going to be an issue if I didn't just put it up front, like, Hey, I'm going to get, we're going to get a fill in. I like, I'm not going to not do a tour. Um, and, and then ask people to not do the projects that they want to do. Um, so that's, that's probably. Yeah. And well, and particularly like, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, Mikey Erg, you know, as being like a key player, because correct me if I'm wrong, but you've worked with Mikey in previous projects before, right? Yeah. He was, he was in the, the other band that I was in. Yeah. 
Okay, right. Um, and but Mikey Erg is involved in a, a million projects all the time. So I'm sure that with this dynamic, it, it frees him to be able to explore that territory more often. So it's like a win-win, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it's been it's been really interesting because I have been playing music with Mikey for so long that um, you know, he he is definitely a, a member of the band and, and certainly like I, I've been lucky that he prioritizes warriors in certain ways. Um, but but yeah, but it is the thing like especially with his solo tours and things or like, you know, playing solo shows, it's um, you know, he doesn't have to pick one. So yeah. Right. Yeah, I know that it can be kind of a, a, a touchy subject because there is like an ego element when when you're in a, coll a collaborative consciousness, like a band, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, well, but without me, it's not really the band. And it's like, well, not really. You know, it's, I mean, some, you know, and I, I don't, I only say that with a certain level of jest, you know, where it's like, well, of course, it's not the same without you, you know, but at the same time, I, I think within the case of like this, where, you know, it's, it's Lauren Denitzo's you know, or Denizio's kind of project, you know, it's your songs, you know, but you are asking for collaboration. But at the end of the day, if Mikey Erg does have something else going on, it's like, okay, well, hey, we have the freedom to move on without you, if that's okay, you know, and, and no, no, no hard feelings, you know, are involved. <laughs> and yeah. it seems like such a more like mature way to go about it. Yeah. For sure. And I think, I think that is a big part of it that, um, you know, at, at a certain point when we weren't, you know, kids just sort of winging it and not having anything better to do <laughs> um, or when you establish other relationships in your life or other work and other just other things it, yeah it, it makes it, it can make a lot more sense right um, now you mentioned you grew up in New Jersey area right I did yeah yeah and like New Jersey is just like it, it, it uh, you know I'm I'm not very familiar with that area I'm a west coast california kid you know born and raised never lived anywhere outside of california but i know that it's kind of a storied place it was especially within like the punk rock scene because i mean obviously it's like close to new york depending on like where you live but you're also close to philly you know, you're close to dc and like there was all this stuff happening so it seems like jersey was kind of like wedged right in the center like all of that right um i'd love to to know a little bit about like your experience you know as a young person growing up in the scene and like i don't know like what really brought you into like the punk rock world yeah um well i i guess really i was just lucky that i mean i i grew up in central jersey and was um you know 45 minutes away from new york about like an hour and a half from philly and at that point new jersey really had a really strong diy scene and i mean honestly like i i just haven't lived there in a long time so i don't really i don't know what it's like there now but but when i was in high school I mean, I could go to three shows a week or even more than that if I was allowed to, you know, and, um, you know, everything was within mostly within like a half hour of my house. And it was like you didn't have to drive two hours to the big city to see bands. And um, and yeah, maybe maybe I went to New York to see folks who would play like Roseland or something. But all the like smaller, medium sized touring bands played New Jersey. And so um so it was it was just nice to have that access and to have a lot of other kids that like played in bands and and set up shows like i set up shows in high school so um so yeah there were just the, that access there and and i think 
because it it helped that, that it was between all of those cities and that it was a good tour stop for a lot of people and um but yeah it just it, it was a really uh i'm really lucky that i <laughs> that i grew up in that uh area to be able to see that side of like being in a band and making music sure so you mentioned that you would set up shows like are there any shows like looking back that you were like really really i guess proud of having played a part in um i mean i it's like i didn't set up that many shows i think i only set up like two or three or something when i was in high school but um i remember i did a benefit show for um like the rainforest foundation hmm. or something and um it was there was a ska band day 19 that that was that was like a big deal to me and like i think they got back together to play it hmm. and then there was this band westbound train it was all ska stuff it was all ska punk stuff okay that, um they were they were bands that i saw all the time when i was younger that then by the time i was a senior in high school i was like wouldn't it be cool if like I, and i just asked them to play a show and then they played a show you know <laughs> like and it, it was um like for that point it was a really good lineup and it was it was cool to be able to make that happen when i was a teenager so nice were you were you playing in bands back in high school no mm -mm. no you're strictly strictly a fan yeah 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 i mean i was playing guitar in high school but i wasn't um and i was and i was writing music but i but i wasn't um yeah i wasn't trying to trying to be in a band in high school uh at what point did you start actually um uh releasing music and start playing uh shows um, well, I started being in a band, I think when I was 19 hmm. and we started, um, it, we started releasing stuff within a couple of years of that. Hmm. Um, and it, it was definitely by kind of by accident, you know, it was, it was definitely like, oh, we were, we're in a band and this is just fun and maybe we'll play for the summer or something. And then we just liked it a lot and our friends were putting us on shows and so we're like, I think people like this, like we should probably keep doing this. And then it turned into a band that put out a kind of a lot of music. <laughs> um, but yeah, it wasn't until I was 19 and, and some friends were like, hey, like you play music, we play music. like let's let's play together but yeah yeah it just kind of feels organic at that point and she's like yeah it just feels natural yeah that's cool um but so warriors released a record during the pandemic and um you know obviously what are you supposed to do with that like well we have this record we're putting it out but we can't really promote it the way that we would normally do it so you know tell me about what that experience was like and like what did the band and, and you and your label uh, do to kind of help circumvent the fact that there was no shows or ways uh, to conventionally promote it? Yeah. I mean, um, we, it, it was, it was just unfortunate because it was one of those situations where we had all those tours lined up and then you think that it's going to, like you think that it's just going to get pushed six months or something. And, and, and then, you know, a year later uh, still, still not really, um, back in the game and i think like with that in mind we didn't we didn't know what to change you know like we didn't know what to compensate for really so um so yeah it's like i just i i did a lot of live streams we um promoted things as best we could remotely um since we don't all live in the same place we couldn't even be one of those bands that like records a live session together or, you know in the same room at all so um so yeah, it was it was hard. I was just glad that that you know, um, we we released some of the songs before it came out. People were kind of aware that it was happening, but um, 
but yeah, it was just a really big bummer not to not be on on tour when when all that was happening. But yeah, that that is an unfortunate byproduct of 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 being a band that, um, uh, in terms of logistically, you're not close in proximity, right? Um, like the you know I play in Tsunami Bomb and like we have that similar type of situation where even when there isn't a pandemic going on, it's extremely challenging for us to be in the same room and do anything like that. So when we like get asked to do, you know, like either like a, a podcast or something like that, it's like, well, I mean, who do you want? Like, you know, cause we can only get you one or two people and like, you know, it, we got to make that all work. But, you know, I think that's just a, also a byproduct of just, you know, getting older and like everyone's lives change and the families and people move and like all that stuff. But um, yeah, cause you, you know, you, you mentioned doing some live streams and stuff you know, and I think the jury's still out as to whether or not that's something that will either continue to be done because we now know that it can be done and it can be done. I mean, you know, pretty, pretty well. I mean, you can get decent audio and good video aligned and they have new ways to kind of add interactive elements. I mean, do do you personally think that that's something that you'll try to incorporate as a like a secondary measure to live shows, even though live shows are starting to come back? I mean, I, I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, but it is something that to do, to do it well takes a lot of effort, you know, and, and I, and I really enjoy, I, I do enjoy watching bands do live sets where, you know, it's, it's good audio, they're good video, like, you know, things are, well planned and stuff and and I think that that's great and I hope that that keeps going but I also know that like that it takes so much to do that and I'd rather be on tour <laughs> like I'd rather totally. I'd rather play a couple live shows to like a smaller group of people than put it put it on the internet um I'm also really self-conscious about live sets being recorded so um so maybe I'm not the best person for that but I hope other bands keep doing it I hope I hope other bands keep doing it. it well, sure, and I'm I'm confident that, that that will be something that a lot of bands will a- adapt into their repertoire, you know, so to speak. I mean, there's there's a lot of bands that you know are just road dogs, and that's what they do, and that they're not going to change. But they really don't have a reason to because that's just you know they have the um, they have the mechanisms in place to allow for that to happen. And I mean, I know that you've kind of touched on it a little bit because I, I follow you on TikTok and I uh following you on uh Instagram and I know that you've mentioned something like I saw one of the TikToks it was just like like uh oh man like when I look at like my touring schedule it's like oh lord you know like that kind of thing and mm-hmm. uh I don't I don't necessarily expect for you to give up the ghost but is that safe to assume then that you have a lot of plans in place uh for tours coming up yeah yeah it's like I'm uh it it's a bummer to me that I can't say what they are because i'm so excited but Mm -hmm. um but yeah we have we have a lot of touring planned and um it'll you know it'll happen it'll some of it will probably be announced soon and um uh but yeah i think that i think that's also part of it like i'm i'm realizing how much there is to do before we go back on tour and i'm like oh no but um but yeah yeah we do we do yeah do, do you do you have any i guess for lack of a better word um uh, like fears about stepping back into the touring world. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not even uh, relating this to like COVID or the pandemic. It's just more like just in general touring, because touring is it's a fun yet chaotic process, you know. And so um, there's there's all this stuff that goes into it. And so I'm just, yeah, I'd be curious where your mind's at with that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm really excited for it. Um, I think I need to work out before <laughs> we go back on tour because I think it's more physically draining than than I even think it is. Um, but um, yeah, I'm not I'm not really scared just because I'm I'm so psyched and I feel really lucky that um, that we'll be in spaces with people I I know and I like and I. Um, trust and um, you know I, I'm hoping that you just that'll just like fall right back into it so um, so yeah yeah no I mean I, I know that I'm definitely very eager to get back on the road when when we can because at this point I feel like you know if you're vaccinated and if you've been following the, the protocols and if you're a relatively healthy person like you probably don't have a lot to necessarily worry about um, beyond just like the general like okay well as long as we adhere to you know, good hygiene, you know, then we're probably okay. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like, I'm bringing my own microphone. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did, I did before the pandemic. Um, and, and yeah, it's like, everybody just needs to get vaccinated. I really just hope everyone uh, who, who goes to shows will, will get vaccinated and, and, you know, be, be chill about it. So. Yeah. I mean, we can only hope at this point because I think, I think trying to, you know, screaming at the wall anymore, just, you know, it's not going to really do any good anymore, you know? So, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, so I know that we, uh, kind of touched on it a little bit before we got on the air, but so you run a weekly newsletter mm-hmm. and that's become kind of a, a main, uh, what it sounds like part of your communication with your audience and your fans. I mean, tell me about like where that, where that's kind of came from, like, what is it that you use it for? And like, has, has that, you know, evolved over the time that you've been doing it sure well i mean i've been i've been sending out uh the newsletter called get it together for a couple years now um so you know pre-pandemic and all that um it was already something i was sending out once a week and it really came out of the fact that i was writing um i was writing a newsletter for warriors and then also for my visual art practice and they were very they're very separate things and um it just felt like too much. Like I wanted to be able to bring them together and and not have it just be about announcements, you know, or like not just be about our, our plans. So, um, and I'd done a lot of interviews for other publications and things like that, but um, I wanted to have my own outlet for it. So yeah, a couple of years ago, I started sending out the week, weekly newsletter that is like my thoughts on things and, you know, and also like advanced notice for warrior stuff or, or like um, art sales and things like that. Um, and, uh, and then when it became an option to have that kind of thing be, have a paid subscription, um, I, I added that. So it's a, it's a free weekly newsletter that I, you know, I, I have interviews about once a month and, um, you know, we just, we just had a guest post a couple of weeks ago and, um, but then for, um, for paid subscribers, there's, uh, like I, I do like process videos. I've done like solo versions and, um, you know, covers and stuff that I'll send out, um, other like how to posts and, and like definitely advance notice and like discounts on things. And, um, and a zine series, like a zine and flexi series, um, that goes out four times a year. And, uh, it's really just like four, like physical things, like things that I make that, that, that go to uh, a group of people who subscribe. So it's been a really fun, um, 
fun project where kind of every everything that I make just sort of gets mushed together and um and like you don't even necessarily have to be a fan of warriors or, or my art to uh to enjoy it I think um <laughs> but but then the paid subscription thing is is very much like a patreon hmm. um okay. but yeah yeah, the, the Patreon vehicle is something that it seems like, you know, a lot of creators, you know, uh, creators that are within the music space or even outside the music space are really adopting as, you know, part of what they, they do to, you know, make money, really, mm -hmm. so that they can continue to go on and do these things that they want to do in creative spaces. And, you know, I, I'm glad that you brought it up because I did want to touch on this. So you are a visual artist as well, and you do a bunch of graphic design, you'd make like other types of art. Um, I mean, is that something that you just had your hand in uh, forever, essentially, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I've been, I've been, um, you know, drawing and painting and things since since I was a kid, and um, you know, I, I went to I went to school for illustration, and um, I've been um, working on both illustration projects and my own artwork for for a long time, but definitely like kind of parallel to to Warriors, um, and and it it's felt nice over the past year or two to try to bring those together a bit more so yeah yeah i mean the the separation between the the audio art and the visual art um it, I, I don't know i mean like the the line is there obviously just because of you know by um the 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 vehicle in which the, those are but um you know i i remember you you did pose the question on tiktok about like, hey, should I use this to talk about my art and my music? And I think, it, I think most people said, no, just you do them both here. Like it's fine, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people, um, people definitely responded to that with, yeah, just put it all in one. I don't believe them. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a shot, but like, I don't believe. I like, I I don't think that. Um, the same the same folks who want to know about music stuff or like see me making funny videos are also going to want to watch like drawing process videos it's just like not the same not always the same person but um but but yeah it's just like i i like making videos and things and we'll just you know we'll see how it goes yeah i mean i i don't want to spend too much time on this but i'm like tiktok <laughs> is so wild man like it's, yeah. it's just a completely bonkers like place to be. Right. And I, I it feels like you're really uh, uh, adapting to it. Like I've noticed the, uh, the one video you did with your, with your dog, uh, like it blew up, oh, like, yeah. it went, it went uh -huh. all crazy, you know, <laughs> but then, you know, you, you put something out there that like, you really meet like is meaningful and it's like more like reflective to you. And it's like, you know, two views or something like that. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, it stinks, you know, like what are you, what are you supposed to do with that? Um, I mean, what, what, do you, I don't know, what, what do you think about like the way that artists kind of have to use these mechanisms like social media? Cause the, the, um, the newsletter much like, like a, an emailing list, right? Like an old email list or, or like even like a, a, a conventional blog, right? Like that's something that is much more personal and is pointed at people that have told you that they want to to get this information from you right so they're they're kind of like the tried and true standbys in terms of these is my, this is my core audience that i know is there but then social media and like these mechanisms for like getting your stuff out there to new people it's really just become a pay-to-play thing yeah yeah i mean i that that really is 
a big part of why I have the newsletter because it's not determined by an algorithm. Like I send out the email and for the most part, you receive the email and like, yeah, you can choose whether or not you just delete it. But, um, you know, yeah, it's it's the people who have said, no, I, I want to hear from you. Um, and that's what I try to make be a more personal thing. Um, that's, I, I feel like that feels like the most authentic version of me and of the band and of my art. Um, but I, I'm happy to have gotten to a point with social media, like including TikTok, that I'm just like, I'm just gonna post what I want to put, like, I'm just gonna have fun with this. And yeah, there's certain things that like I would, I, you know, you need to promote when you have a new record or you're going on tour or whatever. And it, and it helps to have those things, you know, like it, it just, it, it helps to reach as many people as possible, but you can't, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm past getting hung up on like how many followers we have, or like if people like it or, you know, like likes and follows or whatever, like, I don't, um, I mean, obviously I care a little bit, like you can't say you don't care at all, but it's like, I know that that's not that's not really a good measure of much. Right. Cause the social currency thing is, is really easy to get hung up on, you know, with, with respect to likes having value and shares and all that stuff. And I think in particular, at least this is my humble opinion over this last year and a half, when we were all locked inside, we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't have concerts and you know like for musicians and like touring bands that's what we crave like that's what we really want is we want the audience to come to the shows right like yeah. the likes on social media it's like who, who fucking cares dude you know i mean it, it matters to a degree but um but really I, I think that it's really wise of you to have you know for for what it's worth you know i mean take my opinion for what it's worth but like i think it's really wise that you've made that a priority with like your newsletter and like you know, making sure that you're still connecting with the people that are asking you for it versus the ones who are more passive, you know, because chasing these likes and like chasing these comments and stuff, it, it just feels kind of dirty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's all something that can change in a heartbeat, you know, it's like they change the algorithm and then half the people don't see your posts anymore, you know? And, and it's like, you can't, no matter, no matter who you are, if you're using social media for your for your business or your project and like you can't depend you just can't depend on it like that mm -hmm. can't be the only way you communicate with people um so so yeah yeah and it definitely it feels like icky to try to chase that and like you know bend to their whim it's like not i don't know it's just not fun <laughs> right right uh well getting back to the the music you did a ep of covers that you also released uh over the the course of the pandemic one of those songs ended up on a compilation record that uh, Sell the Heart and Lava Socks did with the uh, the Rancid tribute, um, which, again, awesome. Loved it. One of my favorites. I mean, personally, it's one of my favorites off the album. So no offense to any of the other uh, bands on the record, because I think it's top to bottom, a really great uh, tribute. But the um, the the five songs that you picked, like, I don't know. Tell me, why did you pick those songs? Um, it's It's funny because the... EP wasn't um, like we didn't record it thinking like these five songs should be on a covers EP. It was um, over the course of quarantine, we were asked to, um, you know, do do a co cover for different projects that were pretty specific. Mm -hmm. So um, 
you know, it, it's like the, the Rancid cover was for a Rancid tribute comp. The um, Tom Petty cover was for a Tom Petty, like, birthday celebration stream. And, um, you know, uh, the... New Pornographer's cover was for Stereo Gum, and we had to pick a song from a, from a specific uh, decade, you know. And so, um, when I when I saw the range of the songs, that I just I just thought it was fun, you know, um, that we had done all of these, and it would be really I thought it would just be a shame if like the only people who ever heard it were like the people who watched the Tom Petty live stream, you mm-hmm. know. Like I wanted to be able to. Um, to preserve those in a way so um so yeah i mean that's how that's how we picked them i guess but um but yeah it was definitely uh it was definitely an exercise in like home recording <laughs> like <laughs> you know i had other people mix the songs but we recorded it ourselves i sang all of that in my closet like it's you know it's not um it wasn't a, a you know highly produced preconceived thing really sure well, yeah, I, I think that, you know, over the course of the this this year and a half, it, it has been an interesting journey for musicians because some do have access to like decent home recording equipment. Some of them have access to like full on studios and then others don't have any of that. And like, what are you left with? And with uh, like I know Tsunami Bomb, we managed to record a few things on our own as well. And, you know, some of us have better recording equipment than others and you know we had to kind of figure it out and like we we managed to make it work okay but it was it was an interesting kind of experience like having to really shift your mind into that process because you want to make it as good as you possibly can and if you're used to it it being like super high professional grade you know whatever it is that you're used to doing and now you're just having to make do like um I don't know I, I think there's like a certain level of humility that comes with it. it's like yeah we're just going to strip it down like keep it simple and It'll, it, the song is the song, you know, the song will be what the song will be. But, uh, but I really, I, I mean, I really enjoyed like listening to that, those, those covers. And do you think that that's something that you'd like to do again, like in the future? Um, sort of, I mean, I honestly, I really love playing covers. It's just fun. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll do something like that again. Uh, I need a break because <laughs> I, I mean, we did a lot of other, other covers too, um, that I just like, okay, no more. I can't, uh-uh. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we will. Like I've done cover bands at fest and things. And so I, yeah, that'll, that, that'll definitely continue to be, to be a warrior's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your next show coming up? Um, I'm actually, I'm playing a solo show Mm. in San Diego with Come Closer and, um, Slow Death and My Hearg, actually. Um, yeah, in San Diego at the Caspa. So that's, that's my, like, quote unquote, first show. I feel like playing, playing solo, um, is, uh, not, not the, um, first i'm most worried about mm. <laughs> um but but yeah we have we have some stuff to announce that'll be like our, our first shows back and i'm uh, yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm i'm just so psyched nice um and then I, I i can't remember if i actually discovered this or not but you actually do um kind of offer your services for graphic design to people if they want to like have like logos done and all that stuff right sure i mean i don't really um uh, I ha- I do have graphic design experience, but I don't, I don't necessarily, um, 
focus on that as like commissioned work. I'm more like at this point, I'm, I'm more of an illustrator. Mm. So, um, I, I definitely do a lot of, um, like cover art and, um, I'll do portraits for people and editorial illustration. Um, so like when people need visuals for, for a project, I'm, I'm all about it. So, yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, but it, you know, I mean, it's, it sounds like you've essentially been able to leverage your work in both music and in art and essentially made your own career path with it. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I, uh, you know, still, still do some other stuff on the side, but, um, it's, yeah, it's been really nice to be able to, to maintain both sides creatively. Like yeah. found that to be sustainable for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like the dream, you know, for most people to like essentially just work for yourself and like have that be something that you can just kind of ebb and flow however you'd like it to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, congratulations. That's, that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I, there was a question that I wanted to, I, I, I know I'm kind of bouncing around here, but you've worked with some pretty awesome producers um, with some of these records. I mean, you, you had Laura Jane Grace on one of them. And I mean, that must've been a pretty awesome experience. I mean, I'm a huge Against Me fan. I mean, I love everything that Laura has done. I love Against Me. I love her solo projects. I think she's just an incredible songwriter. And I think she totally understands like what makes a great song. And reflecting back on those times, like, I mean, working with producers like that, I mean, has it really like helped you grow like in that respect? Absolutely. Um, yeah, because I mean, I, uh, we've, we've worked with producers and it's been based on like my knowing their work, knowing that we're on the same page about things, but also that they are just more experienced than, than me. And, um, you know, I, I'm not a recording engineer. I, I like, you know, there's my knowledge only goes so far and, and being able to have someone contribute, um, like I haven't really like fully co-written songs with, with producers necessarily, but, um, they definitely have input. Laura definitely helped us work on songs and like from a songwriting standpoint, um, and, and came up with things that I wouldn't have thought of. And, um, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, I like, I, even now, like I totally find myself calling back to things that, that she mentioned and, um, or the, or that Mark, the, the engineer for that record taught us. So, so yeah. And it's, and that's the thing. It's like, that's great. I want to do that. I want to keep doing that. Yeah. There's, there's a certain level of value that I think a lot of bands sometimes miss out on by going that step and, paying the money to hire somebody who has been through the ringer and like really understands these processes a little bit more because I mean, let's face it. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting for you to like talk about how much it costs or like whatever, but it can be expensive, you know? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, but, but, but there is like a reward that comes from that where it's like, man, we learned so much or like, man, like we thought about things that we just didn't really ever consider. And I mean, that, that's gotta be priceless to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say I, I, as much as I would tell folks that like, if you have the opportunity to work with somebody that you really admire and that you think, um, would really mesh well with your music, like go for it. But at the same time, like you don't need it, you know, like it, you, we've made a record without a producer. Um, and I feel like you, especially because it is expensive, you know, like I, but I don't, 
Um, yeah, it's like I, I just definitely encourage people to still try to do things on their own if that's what you have access to. Like you, you can figure out all those things yourself. You can spend a couple weeks just watching YouTube videos where like there are interviews with producers and there are like, you know, recording engineers giving you tutorials on how to do things like that's how I've learned how to how to record um, our own music and, and record demos like there's there's so much you can do yourself that like um, you know if you don't have access to that if it's not accessible to you it's like that doesn't matter um, but uh, I'm I'm definitely psyched that the people that I, I never thought I'd work with are, are people that I've been able to collaborate with. For sure. And, you know, that, that's kind of the beauty about, you know, music and art in general is that really, there really is no rules. You know, like I mean, I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast. It's like you literally can do what anything you want, you know, and as long as it's outside of like being offensive or illegal, you know, just go with it, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and even and even offensive is like relative to a degree. But at the same time, it's like, eh, like, let's not bite off more than we can chew, you know, so um, but uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm stoked to hear about like what's going to be coming down the road for you i'm i'm very excited that you're gonna be able to get back on the road soon um so i appreciate you know you filling me in on on a lot of this information so there's a couple of questions that i like to throw out to every guest and uh i, I gave you a little bit of a heads up so I'm, I'm very eager to hear what you have to say but first one is who are some artists that you just really feel need to be on people's radar right now um cool that one um uh, I feel like these are, are, are artists that are probably on a lot of people's radar, but also like not necessarily on like my friend's radar, you know? Um, so um, I was going to say Deep Sea Diver mm. um, that they put out a record a little while ago that I really like and just hadn't, I hadn't heard of them before. And I was like, wait, what? Like the great, great band, um, super kind of like angular guitar stuff, very much like for fans of Sleater Kinney and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, then, um, middle kids from, uh, from Australia, they're, they're an indie band that, um, they, they have some really great songs and I don't know if they've toured here or not, or like if they're going to anytime soon, but, um, but, uh, I really like their music and, um, and then also Jenny O who's mm. like another person that, um, I feel like she's popular in LA, but doesn't like to tour a lot like i don't i don't think she tours very much um but really really sweet indie indie kind of soul e singer songwriter and and i i really love her i really love her music and i just want everybody to listen to her yeah so those i, I would say those three uh, deep sea diver is a band that i got turned on to a few years ago and i'm right there with you like just a very very good band like couple last couple of albums have been very awesome like everyone should be listening to that band um a, a person who was an old friend of mine who is from seattle um knows them and apparently they got like best artist in seattle or something like that or like they've had like the number one yeah. selling independent record in seattle like this last year or so mm -hmm. uh, and they deserve it like they're very good so i'm yeah. glad you brought them up cool. um and yeah, so the the last question I like to throw out to everyone, and I know people either love this or hate this, but um, if you can only pick five records to listen to for the rest of your life, you like if you were trapped on an island with them, what would they be? Um, cool. I wrote them down. 
uh, because I, I kind of gave up agonizing over it. Um, I was like, it's, it's fine. Um, but yeah. And I tried to not, um, not list records that I've listened to like a million, million times. Um, but, uh, I guess first one is Nico case, Fox confessor brings the flood. I uh, love that one. Um, the weaker than's reconstruction site. Uh, this is this seems cheesy, um, but uh, Bruce Springsteen born in the USA. The boss, so, yeah. <laughs> good vibes. Yeah. Um, magnetic fields get lost. Mm. Um, I really like Stephen Merritt's songwriting, but that I could have said sixty nine love songs and then had a lot more music to listen to, but mm-hmm. I I like get lost. Um, and then uh, block party silent alarm. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw them perform that record in full on my birthday a couple of years ago, and it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, they, they kind of, it seemed like they kind of disappeared, like, rather abruptly. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I don't know the story behind that at all. But yeah, they, um, I feel like they didn't put out a record for a while, and then they came back with a much more, like, synth pop, dancey thing. Um, that was, that was cool, but definitely like a lot different than Silent Alarm. Um, so I was glad that they, uh, at least did a tour where. Yeah. Well, and I, I think too, that with, uh, some of the bands from like the UK and Europe too, it, it can be kind of, um, like kind of an illusion where like, they didn't really go anywhere. They just didn't really pop in the U S you know, like, yeah. Like they did, they did for this album, but then like the next thing like didn't really hit very well. So it's like we didn't hear about it, you know. Yeah. Like there's this really great band that I, uh, I, I are you familiar with Editors? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I I was backpacking with a friend in uh, Europe back in like 2000 and what year was that? It was like 2007 or eight or something like that, and we got to see them at this festival in Germany, and we had never heard of them, you know, and. Mm-hmm we were just, this is awesome. Like, who are these guys? And so we were, we were like, Oh, editors. Awesome. And so we kind of came back to the United States being like, we know about a band that nobody else knows about. Right. And then of course, like they kind of blew up, mm-hmm. but then a couple of years later, it was like, we never heard about them, but lo and behold, this whole time they've been huge in mm-hmm. England and in Europe still. So they're I just, didn't know that, but that's, that's awesome. Yeah. No editors are awesome. Yeah. They're great. But um, yeah, Lauren, I really appreciate your time. And, um, you know, I'm again, like congratulations on all of the success for Warriors and with your art. And, um, you know, I actually am waiting for your record to be sent for me. Uh, I just ordered it the other day, so I'm excited. But um, yeah, uh, thank you so much for making the time and uh, hopefully we'll catch a show soon. Great, awesome. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Take care. Yeah.